In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, today we celebrate this great feast of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost descended upon the eleven apostles and Our Lady and all the rest of those who were gathered in the upper room. As I just read, our Lord had promised the apostles that he would send a quote-unquote advocate or paraclete who would teach them all truth. The paraclete, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your mind, whatever I have said to you. So the Holy Ghost descends upon the apostles and he comes in the form of a flame, a fire that kind of rests on their head. And this flame of fire is like a symbol of the enlightenment of their mind, a flame of fire descending upon your head, enlightening your mind, bringing to mind, exactly as our Lord had said, all that he had said to them, and perhaps a deeper understanding of the mysteries that he had revealed to, to them by his coming. And then, of course, on the strength of that grace, on the strength of that enlightenment, on the strength of those charismatic gifts that they received from the Holy Ghost, they went forth. St. Peter preached his first sermon. He converted 3,000 souls to the Catholic faith, and they began their mission of converting the entire world. This event and this mystery of our faith is so important that we meditate upon it a couple times a week. We meditate upon it whenever we pray the glorious mysteries of the rosary. Typically, we pray the glorious mysteries on Wednesdays, on Saturdays, and on some Sundays, so during Sundays during the, the Easter time. So we're always considering this third glorious mystery of the rosary, the mystery of, of Pentecost. It's, it's that important that we, we must try to continue to reflect upon it and penetrate the truths that are embedded in it. Something I think that is important for us to notice is that the third glorious mystery is very different from the other glorious mysteries. So the third glorious mystery is unique than the, the, the four mysteries that surround it. All the rest of the glorious mysteries concern the glorious life. The life after this death, this life after the resurrection, after we come back from the dead. They all concern that. And only this one mystery does not concern the glorious life. So, I mean, that's, that's why they are called glorious mysteries. Is they concern the glorious life, which is the life that, that we will live, God willing, one day, after we are raised from the dead. So, the first and the second glorious mystery concern the life of our Lord after He is raised up from the dead. First, glorious mystery is about His resurrection from the dead, where He takes on a glorious body. And then the second glorious mystery is about his use of that glorious body to rise up into heaven, to go to the place where those who have glorified bodies dwell. Heaven. It's where those who live the glorious life live. That's their place. This place, this earth, is not for people with a glorified life. It's not the place of the glorified life. Heaven is the place of the glorified life. So then the fourth and the fifth glorious mysteries, they also concern the glorified life, this time of Our Lady. Fourth glorious mystery of her being, after she takes on her glorified body, after her resurrection, she is assumed into heaven. She dwells in heaven. And then the fifth mystery, the fruits of that glorification, her crowning uh, uh, as queen of heaven and earth, and her possessing that title for all eternity. 
The third mystery, however, the mystery that we contemplate today, does not concern the state of glory, the state of a glorified body, and it does not concern the place of glory, heaven. Everybody that's involved in the third glorious mystery is on earth, and they're still in this life, the life before the veil, not the life after the veil, after you die. So, we may ask ourselves, why is the mystery of Pentecost included among the glorious mysteries? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself this question. I ask myself this question. I think it's an important question. What is it doing there if it doesn't concern the, the glorified life? And these are glorious mysteries. Well, I believe the reason is this. The third glorious mystery is there because it reveals to us very clearly perhaps more than many other events. There's many events that reveal this, but it reveals very clearly to us where the source of glory comes from. If you're to take on a glorified life after you're risen from the dead, how is that going to happen? What is the seed? What is the ultimate source of that glorified life that you are to take on? Well, it is this coming of the Holy Ghost to us. The Holy Ghost coming to us and bringing grace to our souls brings the life of God to you. And if you maintain this life of God in your soul till the day that you die, then you have the seed of glorification. One day you will be glorified. So we, we have this coming of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gives the apostles certain miraculous gifts but he gives, himself, he gives them something even more important, and that is a participation in his own life. Our Lord says this as well to the apostles at the Last Supper. He says, I will ask the Father, he shall give you another paraclete, that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Ghost comes inside of your soul. The Holy Ghost, God himself, wants to dwell in your soul. This is one of the mysteries of our faith, that, that by the gift of sanctifying grace, we have a participation in the life of God in our soul. In St. Paul, when he speaks about this, he says that we are temples of the Holy Ghost. This is, this is a temple, this is a church. We have God dwelling here. You too are a temple in the sense that you have God dwelling in your very soul. So, this is, this is how it works. The Holy Ghost comes inside of you to dwell in you. You have the life of God in you. God willing, you live a life that corresponds to that life of God dwelling inside of you. You conform yourself to the influence of the Holy Ghost in you. You live a life that corresponds proportionally to the life of the Holy Ghost, to the life of God. That is what grace gives you the power to do. When you have the life of God in you, you have the power to live a life that is like the life of God. Then, God, you, you, God willing, you persevere in that way of, of behaving. You persevere in, in living like God. In other words, being good, living a life of pure goodness. You are faithful to that life of grace in your soul. One day your physical life ends. You die, but you still have that life in your soul. Your, your body dies, your soul lives on, and you have 
that life of God in your soul. And God takes that life of His that is in your soul, and He intensifies it. He upgrades your soul. And He gives you a greater participation in His life. He gives you what's called the beatific vision. It's it's such an intense participation of the life of God, the beatific vision, that that we say that you see God face to face. This This is what a vision means. You see God face to face. But when that happens, I mean, God willing, this is what will happen when we die. We will get heaven. And heaven means you get the beatific vision. You get to see God face to face. You get God intensifying His own life in your soul to such a degree that you have this continual vision of Him. But you do not yet have your body. Your body is here on earth. Your body is in a cemetery somewhere, right? It's rotting away. And the years, the centuries pass on until finally we come to the end of the world. And at that point, our Lord Jesus Christ comes back for the second coming and He summons everybody from the dead. And those souls, He's he's going to take the souls of all those who are dead, no matter where they are, and He's going to reunite them with those bodies that are in the cemetery. And for those souls who are glorified, who are experiencing the beatific vision of God, when they are reunited with their bodies, with their resurrected bodies, what's going to happen is the glory that they possess in their soul from the beatific vision is going to have a huge effect on their body. Their body as well is going to be glorified. It's going to take on the properties of the glorified body of our Lord and our Lady. Just as those, those properties are manifested by our Lord after His resurrection, they're manifested by Our Lady when they, when they raise up to heaven and they pass through, through walls or they live with, without any fatigue, without any suffering, without any possibility of dying, without need of sleep. That is their glorified state. And that state will come to your body when it's raised up from the dead by our Lord at the end of the world if you possess in your soul the beatific vision. You will have the God himself informing your soul. Your soul will be glorified when it's reunited to your body. Your body as well will take on glory. Where did it all come from? How did this, how did this happen? It all happened from the grace of God, the Holy Ghost coming into your soul during this life. The Holy Ghost came to your soul. You became a temple of the Holy Ghost. You died in that state where you had the Holy Ghost dwelling in you. Your soul was glorified by the beatific vision after that. Then when your body is reunited to your soul, your body as well is glorified. You take on the state of glory, and then you live forever in that state. You live forever in a state of glorification. Why does it last forever? Why is it that you will have glory that is eternal? Eternal glory. Because of the fact that the source of your glory is the life of God, and the life of God lasts forever. It is a life that does not die. So there's no possibility of you losing that life of God. That life of God is in you. It's giving you glory. Because He doesn't die, you will never die. You will never suffer. You will have that life forever. You will have everlasting life
I will ask the Father, he will give you another paraclete that he may abide with you forever. Forever. So my dear faithful, on this feast of Pentecost, let us try to treasure a bit more the life of the Holy Ghost in our souls. God willing, you dwell in the state of grace. You possess the state of grace in your soul. By this possession of the Holy Ghost in your soul, you have the seed of eternal glory. You have the seed of eternal life. That is the most precious possession that you have. God himself dwelling, giving you a participation in his own life. If you are faithful to that, then one day, um, if you preserve that life in your soul, you will live that life forever in eternal glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.